the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Take fun seriously. PremierPools.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The White House is going to have a starring role in this week's Republican National Convention. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. Two major RNC speeches will be delivered from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue this week, even though federal rules prohibit the White House from being the setting for expressly political events. The Trump family will be the first to use the executive mansion for a political convention. On Tuesday evening, the First Lady will deliver a speech from the newly renovated Rose Garden. And on Thursday, President Trump will accept the GOP presidential nomination from a stage on the South Lawn. Greg Clugston, the White House. Marco has become a hurricane over the Gulf of Mexico on a path toward the Louisiana coast. And Tropical Storm Laura battered the Dominican Republic and Haiti and headed to the same part of the U.S. coast also as a potential hurricane. This is SRNU. Eric Metaxas puts China in perspective. When we're dealing with China, we need to understand the Communist Party of China is so oppressing the Chinese people, okay? We need to know about this. This is a human rights issue. It's an American issue because we trade with China. We do business with China. We need to be aware of what we're dealing with. We need to be aware of what is happening. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnight at 3 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. With all the uncertainty heading into the school year, one thing is for sure. A great education is necessary for the future success of our students. So visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com today to see all of our partner schools and learn how we'll save you half off your first year of tuition. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. Sunny today and a high of 87. And we got Hour 2, Brad Carlson in studio, coming up right now here on The Patriot. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer. Brad Carlson. Hey, I'm Paul Bates, Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to check us out on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like if you haven't done so already. And again, thank you for tuning in. Looks like another uh, hot, steamy weekend out there, to be sure. Another 90-degree day. Well, I mean, it's been a pretty mild August, if you ask me. All the heat was in June and early July, and frankly, this August, I mean, it's been consistently in, like, the high 70s, low 80s, which I'm okay with, but, you know, this time of year, I like it really, really, really hot, just because I know what is coming, Jon Snow. Winter is coming, and so I just like to go all out these last dog days of summer. No, yeah, I totally understand that, Um, and there uh, there were a few nights recently within the past couple of weeks where we completely shut off the air conditioner open the windows at night yes. that's the best when oh, you get that fall crisp fall air oh, yes sleeping weather yeah so it's uh it, it'll be here before we know it so we're just enjoying it but uh <laughs> uh you know you deal with it the best you can i guess but uh, or move to florida or arizona or yeah. california yeah maybe not right now 
Nah, pass on that. But I uh, <laughs> uh, did want to get to some national news from this uh, past week. The Democratic National Convention took place, and of course, uh, there was a lot there for Republicans to uh, Republicans to pounce on, <laughs> because guaranteed. The Republicans are going to come behind the Democrats and say, you know, this uh, bills that the Democrats put forth at their convention, well, here's our response to it, and it'll be one big Republican's pounce. But uh, one of the highlights, at least for many Democrats, is the uh, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama and how people continue to swoon over Barack and Michelle Obama because they're such eloquent speakers. And there's, you know, kudos to, I will say kudos to the former First Lady, Michelle Obama, because she is she is a terrific speaker and it's hard to be that charismatic when there's no audience to feed off of. Not easy to do. So I'll, I'll give her. I'll give her that much. Now the things that she was saying, um, you know, were factually du- dubious to be sure. Same with her husband when he spoke a night or two later. And I, and I love how they're just swooning over Joe Biden to the Obamas and say, "Well, we were close with Joe, and we know that it's you know it's a you know." basically a matter of life or death that he be voted in over Donald Trump, then why did you wait until he was literally the last person standing to endorse him? If he was, if if he's that big a deal in your mind, if he's that legendary in your mind and would have the magic touch to turn this country around, then why did you wait so long to endorse him? And, and, you know, the comeback would be, well, you know, they obviously want to fall in line and support any Democrat that goes against Trump, because obviously there's no way they would ever support Trump. And I get that to a certain extent. But Barack Obama himself, during the Democrat race for the for the nomination, had basically said, look, we ought not be going too far to the left because you're still you're going to alienate some some of the more moderate elements of the electorate. And if you look at the electorate, yeah, the majority you could even say a majority of voters democrat voters are more on the moderate side but as we've been saying the the loudest voices are of the radical left particularly the squad featuring Tide Pod of Ilan Omar Anna Presley and Rashida Tlaib you know the squad they call themselves well okay well that was pretty much a tacit endorsement of Joe Biden without actually saying his name so i i don't know it's just weird the whole circumstance behind it but Back to Mrs. Obama, uh, she was fact-checked by the Associated Press. Now, the Associated Press, for the most part, is pretty much a transcript service for the uh, for the Democrats. And to fact-check something that she said on uh, on her speech, uh, that uh, there must have been a pretty good whopper. And I'll read uh, again from the AP story. Uh, Michelle Obama assailed President Donald Trump on Monday for ripping migrant children from their parents and throwing them into cages, picking up on a frequent and distorted point made widely by Democrats. Well, uh, I'll just I'll just answer that real quick. Democrats do know they do know the distinction, but they don't believe voters do. And that's why they continue to do that, because they don't believe the voters are willing to draw the distinction or can draw the di- distinction. So you as Democrat voters, uh, doesn't that bother you? Just asking. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, Mrs. Obama is right that Trump's now suspended policy at the U.S.-Mexico border separated thousands of children from their families in ways that had not been done f- before. But what she did not say is that the very same cages were built and used in her husband's administration for the same purpose of holding migrant kids temporarily. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll just answer to that. You want to get into the debate of the merits uh, of this or not? That's fine. But this was a different era with sex trafficking, particularly of minors, being so pervasive around the world in the insidiousness that this practice entails. Wouldn't you want to make darn sure that the kids that are being brought across the border by adults are actually the children or at least relatives of those adults or legal guardians of those adults? Is there is there a, an expeditious way to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll just say I'm not comfortable with the sight of, of, of children in cages, but there's a lot of layers to this. Number one, why are these responsible adults potentially putting their kids in, in harm's way from that standpoint? 
You know, and secondly, as I just mentioned, isn't the dangers and the and the insidiousness of sex trafficking doesn't isn't that a factor? Don't you want to think that you're you want to make sure that these children are in the right hands? Because if if you passively say, oh, these they're adults, but they have children, so we better not better not uh, detain them. Yeah, we'll just let them on through, and then they're gone forever, and these children's lives are never the same. Now again. Is that the majority of children? Probably not. But if it's just a handful of children that are put into a sex trafficking ring, how how could you live with yourself if you allowed that to go unchecked? So, again, kind of diverting into the actual practice of it, but uh, Mrs. Obama not being honest, here's her opening remarks, or here's a, a, a remark, her remark from the keynote address at the opening night of the DNC. Uh um, uh, on and Michelle Obama talking about Americans. They watch in horror as children are torn from their families and thrown into cages. Well, the facts. The reference to the cages is misleading in a matter that Democrats have persistently distorted because they don't think their voters can draw that distinction. <clears throat> I digress. Trump used facilities that were built during the Obama and Biden administration to house children at the border. They are chain-link enclosures inside border facilities where migrants were temporarily housed, separated by sex and age. At the height of the controversy over Trump's zero-tolerance policy at the border, photos that circulated online of children in the enclosures generated great anger. But these photos by the Associated Press were taken in 2014 and depicted some of the thousands of unaccompanied children held by President Barack Obama. Imagine that. When that fact came to light, some Democrats and activists who had tweeted the photos deleted their tweets. Oh, pretty tidy. But prominent Democrats have continued to fight to cite cages for children as a distinctive cruelty of Trump. The former first lady was correct, however, in addressing the removal of children from parents at the border. But again, I ask, how do you verify that these were their actual parents? Has there is there a way to verify this through I don't, DNA testing? Is there a way to that be done? That's that's what I've always wanted to know. And again, I'm not some heartless individual here. A child being torn away from an adult figure is heartbreaking, no question about it. And the majority probably are being torn away from their parents. But again, even if it's just maybe 10, 15, 20 children that are being used as shields by adults, where the adults say, what, I'm with my children, how dare, how could you? And then they have some more uh, nefarious reason for having these children that aren't theirs, to bring them across the border. But again, we never, there's apparently no room for nuance in pretty much anything that the Trump administration does. Uh, The Obama administration separated migrant children from families under certain limited circumstances, like when the child's safety appeared at risk, or when the parent had a serious criminal history. But family separations as a matter of routine came about because Trump's zero-tolerance enforcement policy, which he eventually suspended because of the uproar, Obama had no such policy. So they still had to get in there, yeah, Trump sucks worse, you know, which, okay, you can argue that his his policy, his zero-tolerance policy didn't leave enough room for special dispensation, special circumstances, of which there could be some. Uh, I'll, I'll grant you that. But again, you know, it's it, it seems kind of warped to applaud a media outlet like the AP for doing what they should always be doing, checking facts. OK, but because there is such a staunch left wing bias, we don't take it for granted. And so kudos to, to them for doing this. Uh, so. There, there was a, there, there was a few other dubious moments, uh, to be sure. Um, let's see, it was yeah, Ben Shapiro put out a couple of tweets. Uh, specifically, uh, Michelle Obama talked about going high last night. Remember, they're, they're, uh, that's her famous statement: when they, when they go low, we go high. Except Eric Holder, the former Attorney General in the Obama administration, revised that saying. Well, with all due respect respect to Michelle when they go low we kick them so all right uh anyways Michelle Obama talked about going high the other night then she blamed the Trump administration for caging kids which was an Obama era policy and preventing black Americans from voting which is a lie 
and said that in the U.S. there's a never-ending list of black Americans being murdered by cops. Her lamentation of lack of empathy, her examples included non-mask wearing and calling the cops on people wrongly, studiously avoided the greatest examples of non-empathy currently on display. Riots, violence, and looting in major American cities. Conspicuously absent from the former First Lady's speech, but uh, because uh, she gives a great speech and she she dresses nice, um, she she's a hero and we're going to continue to swoon over her. So when Brad Carlson is specifically looking for uh, fact-checking, whether it's from a speech or, or whatever, um, do you look for, at particular news organizations, uh, media outlets for those fact-checking things, or do you just look around for articles that have fact-checked that? I'm, I'm just curious where you tend to go for your own fact-checking. Not that I'm doubting anything you're saying. Right. I'm just curious what your process is of going about this. Well, I my thing is, because I'm so engaged in a lot of these issues, if something doesn't pass the smell test, I, 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 I'm often able to recall, it's like, you know, I seem to read a story that that's not quite how that went. Um, or if there's like just an accusation made, it's saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to research that. So, mm-hmm. but... Obviously, AP seems to, they did a nice job with this. The Washington Post, uh, Glenn Kessler's kind of the mm-hmm. fact checker there. I mean, he's, he seems to have more of a leftward bent, but he is at least good at pointing, uh, doing some fact checking. But even fact checkers should be fact checked. Yes. Uh, PolitiFact is hit or miss. Um, you know, and again, I think it for me, it's crowdsourcing. And Twitter, for the hot garbage fire that it can be at times, does have some pretty good crowdsourcing mm-hmm. where yes. people say, uh, when this person said this, well, here's something that disputes that. And if it's, say, from, well, I don't know, a major media outlet like the New York Times or Washington Post, it's like, wow, if the New York Times is saying that this left-wing personality was incorrect. That's the New York Times saying the left-wing okay, personality is incorrect. Should, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe it might get a little credence because they often bend over backwards to defend what a lot of these people say. But the fact that they're willing to dissent from them, that, you know, ironically carries a little more weight. You know, so I I, I guess the short answer is I, I do a lot of crowdsourcing okay. from people who say, you know, because I, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of well that person's a left wing personality. I'm just going to dismiss what they say. No, nope. if it doesn't pass the smell test, I don't care who's saying it. I'm going to find out. Okay, and because uh, I because I see that a lot. I you know like my fellow conservatives will say, well, so and so is a staunch left winger. We don't pay any credence to what he or she says. And I'll say, what factually wrong is he or she saying specifically? Yep. That's what I want to know. So I, I try to get at the crux of it that way. So that's uh, one particular speaker, prominent speaker at the Democrat National Convention. Another one, Governor Andrew Cuomo, who apparently is being lauded uh, as kind of a hero of the pandemic response. Yeah, wait till you see, wait till you hear about this. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. Hi, I'm Dennis Prager. Last year, I co-starred in a movie with Adam Carolla that warned you, my fellow Americans, about the current attack on free speech and free thought. It began in the universities, and I warned you, it would be coming to your neighborhood and your workplace. I had no idea how soon. We now have leaders in media, big tech, the law, business, and government who no longer believe in free speech or the principles of freedom and liberty our founders gave us. If you and your family want to understand what is happening in our world and know how you can fight back to protect the people you love, you must watch No Safe Spaces. I promise you, a great movie. I use the word very carefully. Go to nosafespaces.com. Learn the truth so you can defend your family and our country. Go to nosafespaces.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20% off. That's nosafespaces.com, promo code Minneapolis. 
Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your Real Estate Chalk Talk, where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HittnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Get a $3,900 Konica Minolta copier for your business for just $1,950 through this special offer from Tops and this station. There's only one half-price copier. Go to the station's website, click on the More tab, then Half-Price Offers, or call the station now. Welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, always we appreciate you tuning in. Here to continue to talk about the veritable clown car that was the Democratic National Convention from this past week where Joe Biden officially accepted uh, his nomination as Democrat, uh, the Democrat uh, Party's candidate. And let me just say something real quick about Joe Biden before I move on. Uh, You're making, if you are lowering the expectations for Biden being able to put together a coherent sentence or being able to participate in a debate and be formidable in a debate, if you are underestimating that, you're making an, a grievous error. Uh, and and what, I, what I mean by that is in anticipation of Biden giving his acceptance speech last week, people say, oh, we're going to see if Biden can get through it without falling asleep or without uh, mispronouncing a word or stumbling over the English language or, you know, referring to the wrong year or whatever else. And the problem is, the Trump supporters set a bar so low that it was not that difficult to exceed it. All he did was read off a teleprompter. And there went that chanting point of he can't put together a coherent sentence. He sounded fine. Did he read from a teleprompter? Yeah, like I said, he did. But so what? You're making it sound like he could barely get through a speech without falling asleep. And they're doing the same thing with the debates, saying, well, Trump will mop the floor with him in the debates because this that. I'm telling you, it's a mistake because Trump himself in debates can get thrown off a game easily, too, if there's a comment directed at him because he t- he's very thin-skinned, takes things personally, and will get off topic and lash out. So if anything, it could not only backfire that Biden is just fine in the debates, even somewhat formidable, but Trump kind of loses control. And he can't afford that right now because if the election were held today, Trump would lose. Now, there's still plenty of time to gain some ground, and there's still plenty of opportunities to pounce on what happened at the Democrat convention and respond to it at the Republican convention coming up this week. But, again, you're, 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 you're setting the expectations way too low, and it's going to backfire. I'm telling you that right now. To me, it kind of reminds me of, and I'm old enough to remember this, you know, I always remember people getting on George Bush, George W. Bush, I should say, for how he, you know, delivered his speeches and how he often misspoke or stumbled over his words and stuff like that. And to me, it's petty. I mean, 
Just because Joe Biden may not be the most eloquent of speakers doesn't automatically rule him out to being a good president, potentially. You know what I mean? Even if we have our differences about how Biden could run right. the presidency, you know what? but you know what I mean. And so, um, and then I had one other point, but I'm forgetting it. So back to you, Brad. No, that's fine. And, and like I said, this, this is just, he is able to, uh, you know, I mean, in an atmosphere like, you know, in his basement where he's been doing a lot of these video conferences. Right. I mean, it's really hard to stay engaged mm-hmm. because you're you're feeding off others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, Chris Wallace, he said, he you know, you Chris Wallace gave the Republicans a good talking point because Joe Biden's talking to Cardi B, <laughs> but he's not having any interviews with Chris Wallace, who's sure. tough but fair. Sure. And did a very tough but fair interview with Trump. Mm-hmm. And... Chris Wallace is saying, you know, Biden, he, he just won't come out of the basement. Well, it's the darndest thing. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, then, you know, people are holding up Chris Wallace as, as this sage. It's like, look, even Chris Wallace is saying Biden won't come out of the basement. Well, then Chris Wallace, after the convention, said, there goes that Trump talking point of Biden not being able to put together a coherent sentence. He was just fine tonight. Mm-hmm. Was he great? Was he inspiring? Was he loquacious? And that, No, but that wasn't the bar you set for him. Right. So again, this is going to backfire on y'all if 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 you think Trump's going to mop the floor with him in the debates. It, it it's I'm telling you, they need to work on getting their own the Republican side, the Trump campaign needs to work on getting their own message toned up for voters. And there is so much there that you can go off on. Yeah, the 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 COVID pandemic, the Trump camp, uh, the Trump administration has not done a great job in handling it. No doubt about it. But there's Chanting points that are easily swatted away, like Biden saying, well, if I if I were to talk to a scientist and they said that we were to lock down the country for 30 days to try to eradicate the virus. Yeah, I do that. Um, can anyone say unconstitutional that that that's a hanging curveball for the Trump campaign? Stay focused on stuff like that. Or Biden with his asinine assertion that, no, it's the Trump campaign that actually wants to uh, defund the police. It's like, well, Joe, how do you respond uh, then to your running mate who uh, had who implemented unconscionably long sentences for low level offenders while she was attorney general of California? You know, uh, and her hostility toward police. I'm just saying. Mm. So there's just so much to to hit them on. Uh, By the way, I'll get to the Andrew Cuomo stuff in the the next segment because we only got a few minutes left in this. But uh, so. It'll be interesting to see how the Trump campaign handles this week's convention. And this is their opportunity to exercise the bully pulpit because there have been a lot of uh, assertions made. There's been a lot of statements like, well, I'm just seeing a Twitter poll now that, you know, the majority of Republicans uh, believe the number of COVID-19 deaths is acceptable, a CBS poll. Um, again, when you read that, it's like that doesn't quite pass the smell test, you know, acceptable. Uh, what I would dare say is that given the, uh, projected death toll that was given and what the, the actual death toll that has occurred, uh, in the, uh, throughout the entire country, which I believe were close, were probably 180,000 deaths, I think total, getting close to 200,000, given that we were projected to be probably in the millions, all right, Republicans will say, well, given that we anticipated it would be well into the seven figures and it's only a couple hundred thousand, could have been a heck of a lot worse. So people are taking that as acceptable. No, that's not acceptable. No, no human being with a soul would say that even one death from this pandemic is acceptable, but yet that's the way this poll is going to be spun. So- there, there is a lot to, uh, like I say, to hit back on. And the president, you know, addressing the seriousness of this pandemic. It's okay to say that, yeah, it's serious and there's been difficult times. But when we get through this and we will get through this, who do you want running the country? Do you want to try to get back to the economy where we were before? Where we had absurdly low unemployment rate? And some of your lower 
wage earners were starting to see the most significant increase in their wages? Do you want to get back to that? Or would you rather have someone who has come in and continue the failed mantra of tax the wealthy, roll back the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which people have undeniably benefited from? You know, so that's that's where they need to go with this. And uh, hopefully they're preparing as such, and hopefully the president can stand message. That, too, is a big ask because that's just not his forte. But when you're giving a an official acceptance speech, there's a lot of opportunity for uh, for some positives to come forth, and hopefully he can stay focused on message for, for the Trump campaign's sake. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. George Floyd's death sparked national outrage and propelled the country to confront issues of race and justice like few times before in our history. But between partisan politics and protests, the question remains, are we tackling the issue of race in America honestly? Tough questions like this are here to stay and demand fair and truthful responses if we want to move toward a better collective future. That's why we're bringing national media host Larry Elder together with author and commentator Candace Owens for a -a one-of-a-kind virtual event called Unbiased, Unvarnished Truth Behind Race in America. Stream Unbiased live on September 17th as Larry and Candace share personal stories and present a straightforward account of the real issues of race in this country. Don't miss this important discussion in a pivotal season in our nation. For details and tickets, visit am1280thepatriot.com. Unbiased is brought to you by Roof to Deck Decoration, the Christmas lighting people. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Call Bunyan Plumbing and Drains. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. At Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains, there's no plumbing drain or sewer problem too big or too small. We do it all. To show thanks, we're offering $54 off any plumbing repair. We'll serve you the way you want to be served and you can trust we'll be on time every time. Mention Lumberjack to get this legendary deal. We stand by our work and our people. Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains, legendary service, legendary care. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, appreciate you tuning in. Continuing the uh, recap of the Democrat National Convention. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo spoke, and apparently he was being held up as someone who oversaw the exemplary response to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, in his state. Uh, Guy Benson at Town Hall wrote a terrific recap, uh, kind of a 
put down a few bullet points. Uh, number one, Cuomo called COVID-19 the European virus, which is dumb, unscientific Trump trolling that lets China off the hook for their well-established lies and cover-up, which detail, which entailed deadly delays and the quote-unquote disappearing of whistleblowers. The virus originated in China and spread around the world as the regime in Beijing withheld and suspend and suppressed crucial information, opacity that continues to this day. These facts were subordinated in the pursuit of scoring cheap rhetorical against the president. This offers aid and comfort to the Chinese Communist Party and undermines Democrats' fanciful self-appointment as the supposed adults in the room. Uh, the second bullet point Guy Benson point, uh, puts forth, in many ways, COVID was just a metaphor, Como intoned. Yes, he actually said this. He, being the governor of a state that has literally and non-metaphorically lost more than 32,000 people to the virus, this was an unfathomably ill-conceived line, which somehow both scripted and unapproved. Yet this latest poll, this latest poll, shows that Republicans, by a margin of 57% to 47%, say 180,000 deaths are deemed acceptable, when in actuality they're saying, well, it's a lot better than 2 million deaths, which many were projecting. But Andrew Cuomo comes out and says, well, in many ways, COVID is just a metaphor. And that was, that was okay. That was scripted and approved, like Guy Benson points out. Another bullet point, the third one, for all the pain and tears, our way worked, and it was beautiful, Como said. Uh, so the claim is that New York's way, which entailed shocking incompetence and dysfunction, lethal mismanagement, catastrophic nursing home policies, and brazen cover-ups, worked. New York has the highest COVID death toll in the nation by far and is neck and neck with New Jersey for the worst death rate. Horrifyingly, the virus ran its course in these places. Framing this as beautiful success goes beyond more tone deafness. It's unforgivable and insulting. It's worse than it is what it is, which is a Trump quote. You know, Trump sounded dismissive when he said that. And that was bad. But to call it, to, to say, for all the pain and tears, our way worked. Well, what you had during Cuomo's speech was a graph behind him that showed the spike in cases and the accompanying death rate that went to it to now to where it's significantly leveled off. So, yeah, look at that. Our way worked. Well, it's woefully dishonest because for what we know about the virus and what scientists have been saying about the virus, okay, there's hardly any consensus among scientists about this. But what the vast majority were saying is that once you contract it and recover, okay, you're not as likely to get it again and transmit it again. So what does that tell you? That means for because so many people got this virus and say, well, look at that, it's leveled off. Yeah, because so many people got it already and it either recovered or horrifyingly passed away. But you're just gonna you're just gonna count that as well, look at that, we've been able to to uh significantly decrease the cases. Yeah, because so many people had got it already. And what was even more egregious is the fact that Joe Biden the Democrat presidential candidate put out a tweet thanking Andrew Cuomo for his leadership, an example he set for all Americans during this pandemic. Oh, like writing a book in the middle of it? I mean, this is a book Andrew Cuomo wrote about his experience dealing with a pandemic that's going to come out in October. So that means he had to start writing this book around the time COVID was really starting to take off in April and May when it was at its worst. But yet we're supposed to thank him for his exemplary leadership? And Florida, as Guy Benson also points out, has 2 million more residents. And do you think they have a few senior citizens down in Florida that are in long-term care facilities? Yeah, I think they do. They have less than one-third of New York's deaths. As a matter of fact, just the other day, there was this big head, oh, Florida passes 10,000 deaths. Were they doing a, a big uh, a countometer for, for New York's deaths? Because they're over 30,000. But Florida, we're supposed to be horrible, and that is awful. No, no getting away about, no, no getting around it. But they're talking like Florida is the most abhorrent, egregious cases of mismanagement of the pandemic, which on its face is absurd. They've got two million more residents, but one third the death toll. And by the way, 
This just came out in the aftermath of Andrew Cuomo saying about a week or two ago, well, no, we don't we don't need an in, in independent investigation of how the nursing home situation was handled. It was a tragedy, to be sure, but we don't need an independent investigation. That's just the Republicans trying to score cheap political points. But literally the day after he said that, rebuffing an independent investigation that could point out flaws in his nursing home policy, it was ascertained that the death toll from the nursing homes at that point had been at 6,000. But that was only counting nursing home residents that died while on the property. What it's not, what it didn't take into account was those residents that contracted COVID while in the homes, but then died at a hospital. They don't count that as a nursing home fatality. So if they were to legitimately count nursing home fatalities as those who contracted the virus while being residents of those long-term care facilities, the death toll exceeded 10,000. So we're going to ding Florida for having 10,000 total deaths. But we're supposed to hold up New York as the exemplary handling of the COVID virus when they had that many in long-term care facilities alone. And you know what, uh, Brett? I kind of fell for it at the very early beginnings of all this because Cuomo, and you know what? I'll give him credit to an extent here. He was very upfront about things at the very early on. Um, Like his press conferences were being broadcast on all the national networks and everything like that. I think to an extent... And and I I don't know how big this extent is. Uh, American people in the early on and the early beginnings of COVID, when all the crazy things are happening, we're adjusting to all this. Cuomo appeared to be as a figure that people could look to as a trusting source of information because he was upfront about things. He was out there. I mean, we know his personality. He appears with his brother on CNN every night to talk about toilet brushes. Exactly. And you know what? I think a lot of people were looking for that at the very early on because they know they weren't probably going to get it from their president. And so they were looking for something else. And I think a lot of people latched on to Cuomo and kind of gave him a lot of benefit of the doubt over the last couple months. Sure. But as we've seen... There's actually plenty of criticism to go around about how Cuomo and the state of New York and even the state of New Jersey, the entire tri-state area, for goodness sakes, has handled this entire situation. Right. And it's it's woefully dishonest because they're pointing out cases. Wow, look how cases are really leveled off and death toll has gone down and everything. Well, death toll, not so much, but the cases, positive cases have really leveled off. Well, again, when you contract it, okay, you have, they estimate by at least three months you know, immunity before you could maybe possibly get it again. Now, again, they also advise still exercise your same protocols, even if you've recovered from COVID. Still go out and wear a mask, you know, because they say wearing a mask helps you from maybe transmitting it to someone else. Even if you've recovered from it, still go out and wear a mask, still socially distance, still exercise all the same protocols. But it's woefully dishonest to say, well, cases have gone down because of the way they've handled it. No, it's because it swept through there. I mean, there's no simpler explanation than that. So, again, this is just sheer gaslighting, and we can't defend some of the things Trump has said uh, in the handling of this virus and his kind of cavalier attitude toward this. We can't defend it, okay? No question about it. So this isn't whataboutism. Oh, what about what Trump did, this and that? Yeah, we, we've called it out, and it's, and it's indefensible. No question about it. But if you're going to hold up a governor of a state that's had the largest death toll while continuing to pig pile on Florida because the governor happens to be a pro-Trump guy, it's woefully dishonest. And then once again, this is another case of where these progressive media types don't believe voters are paying attention or they're just handing voters talking points to just blindly follow along. So it's just despicable. And he was giving a prominent speaking spot. And the fact that he's also writing the book, it's going to it's going to be coming out on October 13th. And how he's supposedly done this fantastic job and this heartwarming tale of how, excuse me, how he's navigated through this pandemic and brought New Yorkers out on the other side. It, it, it's just crazy. And I'll never forget the picture of people just jammed in the subways in New York City. This is a picture that came out circulating in early April, a picture that came out on Twitter, that people were jammed in these subways, not socially distancing, not middling mask use, not to mention the protests that were taking place. And Governor Cuomo said, well, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe we ought to start disinfecting the subways. Gee, you think? 
How is that not done being done under normal circumstances? But in the middle of a pandemic, you finally decide a month in when you realize how serious this is. Oh, well, well, we, we better start uh, uh, disinfecting those subways each and every night. Yeah, let's just say as somebody who lived there for six months, uh, I didn't have a tendency to sit down in any of the subways and any of the railings. I kind of would, you know, take my shirt or something and, you know, have my hand wrapped around that. It They're disgusting, COVID or no COVID. Yeah, yeah. I've, I I went to New York City once uh, back in 2008. And yeah, this same thing. I'm, I'm the furthest thing from a germaphobe. But yeah, even after that, it's just like, yeah. yeah, you definitely use a hand sanitizer and wash your hands whenever you have an opportunity. Again, pre-COVID. Uh, only got a couple minutes left in this segment. We do want to get to our caller real quick. Mark from St. Louis Park. Hey, Mark, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Brad, thanks for taking my call. Another great show. I was going to, just a quick sentence, I was going to use the term, Como gives the word chutzpah a bad name, but I'm going to change it. <laughs> Even the word chutzpah doesn't do Como justice. Yeah. And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, and like I said, and how, and you know, kudos to Jake Tapper. CNN, the same network that employs Andrew Cuomo's brother, Chris, who has he and his brother who had, you know, Chris and Andrew had this, you know, yuck fest practically every night while people were dying in nursing homes. And Jake Tapper, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago when they put together some sort of mural showing the uh, uh, how well New York is doing in the covid response. And Jake Tapper back then even said uh, 25, 30,000 deaths. Not really sure we should be doing any victory laps over that. So, again, uh, this is uh, from the same network that employs Andrew Cuomo's brother. Uh, Crazy town, to to say the least. And, again, these are opportunities that Republicans have at the RNC this week. Hopefully they can take advantage of them. I just saw something where Trump is going to speak every night. Um, Yay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how if that's necessarily a good thing. But you know what? They've decided to make that their plan. Um, uh, Best of luck to him. He hasn't been able to do his rally, so he's probably chomping at the bit to get out there and talk, even though it is virtually. Uh, Tell you what, we'll take a break. Come back with one final short segment on the broadcast. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Again, Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled the globe for evidence of some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, journey to Egypt and beyond as Tim interviews the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. The results are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MINNEAPOLIS for 20% off. Are you ready for retirement? It's a simple question, but if you're not ready, it can severely impact your quality of life during retirement. You cannot afford to take that chance. Here's David Scranton, best-selling author and CEO of the Retirement Income Store. You don't have to cross your fingers and toes hoping for growth in this unpredictable stock market. There is a more conservative way, and that's to invest for income without all the stock market risk. Call the Retirement Income Store at 866-935-9807 for a free no-obligation conversation with one of our income specialists who will answer any retirement-related questions you may have. Call 866-935-9807 now to speak with an income specialist at the Retirement Income Store. That number again, 866-935-9807 for the Retirement Income Store. Where retirees go for income. Online at the retirementincomestore.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, 
and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Have you been tasked with opening a school, church, or business during these uncertain COVID-19 times? Do not do it alone. Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Minnesota have decades of proven cleaning and disinfecting success. For your free on-site consultation, go to VanguardCleaningMinn.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. One final segment on the broadcast. I do want to get to uh, the incident involving Cincinnati Reds uh, play-by-play announcer Tom Brenneman. You've probably heard about it. Uh, he has been the Re- with the Reds for, uh, gosh, 20, 30 years. I, I, of course, his dad, legendary broadcaster Marty Brenneman, uh, was the broadcaster for the Reds for uh probably four decades and uh, was there during their heyday of the big red machine. Well, his son, Tom Brenneman, uh, who I actually like uh, in terms of his uh, broadcast style. I have always enjoyed his uh, coverage on Fox sports for the NFL. And he also does some national games for major league baseball. Uh, Apparently he didn't realize they were coming out of a commercial break. Now the way broadcasting is today, the Cincinnati Reds were playing at the Kansas city Royals. It was a double header. Well, broadcasters, the broadcasters for the road team, they stay in the home city and do the uh, play-by-play from the studio. Well, Brenneman was in the studio, and he had his headset on, and apparently he was not aware that they had come back from commercial, and he was caught saying a homophobic slur. It's the uh, uh, three-letter word that rhymes with bag, Yep. and he wasn't talking about an English cigarette, <laughs> So, uh, because he gave a very sincere apology to the LGBT community, so that confirmed he was not talking about the English cigarette. Not, I'm don't mean to make light of this, but uh, here's his uh, apology he made. He says, uh, "I made a comment earlier tonight that I guess went out over the air that I'm deeply ashamed of. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith." Uh, Brenneman said, uh, "I don't know if I'll be putting on this headset again, uh, and I'm devastated, but." Uh, by what I had said, I want to sincerely apologize for the inappropriate comments I made during the telecast. I made a terrible mistake uh, to the LGBTQ community and all the people I have hurt or offended from the bottom of my heart. I am truly sorry, and I respect respectfully ask for your grace and forgiveness. Uh, what was awkward about that is <laughs> he called a home run by Nick Castellanos. And Brenneman's got a pretty good home run call. Yeah. And all I could think of, imagine had he done his conventional home run call. Um, you know, I made a comment earlier tonight that I guess went out over the air, and I am deeply ashamed of. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. Uh, Castellanos with a drive <laughs> to deep left field, and it's 4 to nothing off the judgment-free zone sign in left field. That's the other thing. <clears throat> oh. um, as I said, I would like to sincerely apologize for the appropriate— I mean, again— I shouldn't be making light of this, but it's such a weird situation. In all seriousness, how do you how do you even use that word in this day and age? That's the equivalent of yeah. casually I'm sorry, throw people may disagree with me, but that's like casually throwing out the N-word. And how do you do There's that? There's no ne- excuse and for it. And how do you do that near a microphone too? Like I just If you've man. been broadcasting for 30 years, you you, you Always, if you you always yeah. assume your mic is hot. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I honestly, Brad, I haven't looked more into the story, but do we know why he said what he said? Because he said that's a blank city, right? That's like the, he was describing a that's town. That's the blank capital of the world. That, oh, that's what it was, or one of the blank capitals of the world. Okay, and that brings up another question: Who is he? Who is he talking to? And is this conversation? Is this conversation that is pervasive? amongst the Reds organization. Is there a culture problem there? Because you remember they had an owner who said some pretty racist things back in the day. Remember Marge Schott? Yeah. 
who basically said, <laughs> ah, Hitler wasn't a bad guy, just took things a little too far. It's like, no, even in the 1990s, you don't say crap like that. No. Uh, so, again, how do you, you know, and again, it's going to, the thing is, should he be fired? Well, here, here's the thing. I have gone back and forth of this. Here's the thing I will say. Brenneman admitted I didn't, you know, I, I obviously know the word has negative comment, connotations about gay people, but I didn't know the violence associated with that. Okay, suppose we take him at his word and that's true. Are we just going to discard people that make that mistake or do we hope to educate them? He'd already said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to go to sensitivity training. He's already coordinated with Billy Bean. Billy Bean, about five years ago, was designated as Major League Baseball's ambassador of inclusion because Billy Bean was a uh, Major League Baseball player in the late 80s, early 90s. And he was a closeted gay man Mm -hmm. and couldn't come out in that time. And if you've ever seen his story in Major League Baseball uh, Network, it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because this was a game he genuinely loved but couldn't come out. And so therefore his career was basically cut short because it just, he was wrestling with this, these demons that he couldn't talk about. And now Billy Bean gets to be around the game he loves. And as an ambassador of inclusion saying, look, we want LGBTQ people to feel comfortable coming to the ballpark. And as they should, we're there to enjoy a baseball game. We may not agree with each other's politics or lifestyle, social issues, whatever, but we can be unified by baseball. I'm mm-hmm. not with that. I'm a baseball sure. fan, first and foremost, above everything else. And with uh, Brenneman, you know what? I mean, we know him because we frequent sports. You know, he's not really, in terms of play-by-play broadcasters, a household name. So I think, you know, if he just, because I think he's suspended for the rest of the year for the Reds, oh, right? I'm sure, yeah. And likely probably the NFL season. NFL Fox has already said. Maybe. He's maybe. Not, yeah. Maybe he can come back next summer or spring. I think we'll it all, see. it's all dependent upon, does Billy Bean being the ambassador of inclusion and a gay man himself, if he comes out and says, look, I'm satisfied with my meeting with Tom Brenneman and with his work that he's done in his sensitivity training, I'm satisfied that he is, if he's not fully uh, educated about the connotation that the word carries, I believe he will be, and I feel good in vouching for him saying he should come back. It's all dependent upon would the community welcome back. We'll wait and see. So something worth keeping an eye on, I guess. Folks, I've enjoyed it. Back at the Patriot Bunker on a Sunday. Hope to be back next Sunday. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through and now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay 22 years old now most roofs in that time era were good for about 20 25 maybe 30 years so if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22 year old roof is still good give us a call yeah lee i remember that storm too and as i drive around burnsville uh, bloomington the south metro i see all of these roofs that replaced back in 1998 and it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced for an honest assessment on your roof or gutters give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com that's thekingdombuilders.com Hi, I'm Dennis Prager. Last year, I co-starred in a movie with Adam Carolla that warned you, my fellow Americans, about the current attack on free speech and free thought. It began in the universities, and I warned you it would be coming to your neighborhood and your workplace. I had no idea how soon. We now have leaders in media, big tech, the law, business, and government who no longer believe in free speech or the principles of freedom and liberty our founders gave us. If you and your family want to understand what is happening in our world and know how you can fight back to protect the people you love, you must watch No Safe Spaces. I promise you, a great movie. I use the word very carefully. Go to nosafespaces.com, learn the truth so you can defend your family and our country. 
Go to nosafespaces.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20% off. That's nosafespaces.com, promo code Minneapolis. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, 